Welcome back. It is episode number 43 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And we are right at the end of the semester right now. We're doing our second to last episode here of the fall semester. So, Matt, it's always fun to kind of reflect and talk about some of the things that we've been able to do and some of the stories we've been able to tell throughout the fall semester. And it's really been a pretty interesting semester, a pretty fun one, just in terms of the new things we've been able to do with the podcast and some of the great guests we've had. Yeah, I feel like our questions are getting better. You know what I mean? We're kind of diving deeper into the athlete's personal life rather than what they're doing either on the ice or court or field or pitch. And I think that really makes a good interview when you can really get to know the person off the field it it, it makes the people want to listen and, and coming in with the now the second year of experience for the two of us it really does help and this is something that we were actually talking about yesterday uh, away from the microphones just in year number two you've kind of tried to loosen it up a little bit and just be very personable with the guests because at the end of the day they're just students just like we are so you know the more comfortable that we are around them the more comfortable they are with us and and I think it's led to some some really interesting conversations it has because you're right they are human beings and they are students like they go through the same stuff that we do they go to the same cafeteria and they they go to similar classes than than you and uh it's it's nice it's it's nice to uh especially with quinnipiac being that smaller community where i was talking about it yesterday with one of my roommates like at a at a north dakota you're never going to see those hockey kids right right. or like a, a a in Alabama, you'll never see those football kids. Yeah, yeah. you know, you can so, go go into some of like the Big Ten schools. You'll never see the hockey kids of like a Penn State or an Ohio State right. or, or one of those things. So it's good to, that this school has this family feel, right? And uh, of course, we want to thank the the listening community that has continued to come back and, and download our episodes. It, it means the world to all of us, and it's really been a, a fun ride now through forty three episodes. And we have another show for you this week. We are featuring the women's hockey team. We have sophomore forward Lexi Aji on the show today. We'll tell you a little bit more about her as we get through, but first we have everything that happened in the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Starting with the women's indoor track and field team, their season is getting underway this Saturday with a meet at Yale University, so good luck to the Bobcats as they get underway in the 2019-20 season. To men's basketball now, the Bobcats' comeback effort at Fairleigh Dickinson fell just short as Quinnipiac lost by a score of 78-77, to but Rich Kelly placed the Bobcats' offense with 15 points and 6 assists. Savion Lewis stuffed the stat sheet with 14.6 rebounds and 5 assists. And Kevin Marfo, he added 14 points and 11 rebounds, and that man is among one of the top in the country in rebounds. Quinnipiac erased an 18-point deficit to claw back into the game, outscoring the Knights 48-34 in the final 20 minutes of play. The next game for this team is home versus University of New Hampshire Saturday at 5 p.m. From the men's side to the women's side, the women's team dropped a tough 77-68 game against Harvard last Saturday afternoon. Shaq Edwards led the Bobcats with 19 points, while Paige Warfel had 12 boards. And Matt, we had a couple of milestones for the Quinnipiac women's basketball team. A couple point getters, couple rebounders. That's right. Assist getters. After their game against Harvard, it was three different milestones reached. Taylor Hurd reached the 500 point 
margin. So congratulations to her. Shaq Edwards got 300 points and 100 assists, and then Paige Warfel got 400 rebounds. So three milestones for that team. A tough loss against Harvard, but they're going to look to rebound this coming Saturday at 2 p.m. when they play against George Washington right here at Lender Court. From the court to the ice now. Men's ice hockey had a 3 to nothing loss to the UMass Minutemen on Friday night, but they bounced back in a big way, getting a 2-1 to win in their barn at UMass. Alex Whalen and Nick Germain scored the Bobcats' goals, while Keith Petrozelli made 25 saves. And for his efforts this weekend, Quinnipiac's men's ice hockey first year, Skylar Brindamore, has been named the ECAC Hockey Rookie of the Week. Brindamore... Rookie of the Week honors were the first of his career and first by a Bobcat this season. Brenda Moore recorded an assist on Alex Whalen's game-winning goal at number 10 UMass Saturday night with a slick pass across the offensive zone on a two-on-one breakaway. Brenda Moore also won 13 face-offs on the weekend for the Bobcats. Quinnipiac also saw, had a sophomore defenseman, Peter Delibertori, get invited to the Hockey Canada's National Junior Team, which is a selection camp, Dan. Now, help me out. He gets selected to go to this junior team camp, and then there's another step before he makes the junior roster. That's right. So, uh, Peter Deliberatory has been named to the roster for the for Hockey Canada's World Junior Camp. So, each year, uh, the IIHF puts on the World Junior Championships. Uh, Canada always sends a team. They always have one of the best teams in the tournament, because, I mean, Canada and hockey kind of go hand hand in hand. Yeah. So Peter Deliberatory has been named to the camp roster. This is the final step for Deliberatory before he is either named or cut from the roster. And so this is a world junior team. So this is the big. world junior team. This is the best of the best for the under 20 players in Canada. So this is a huge honor for Peter Deliberatory. Uh, the camp goes on December 9th through the 12th in Oakville, Ontario. So a very exciting time for Peter Deliberatory. Absolutely. To the women's side, the final team that we're focusing on, on on today's rundown, it is the women's hockey team. They played in the Nutmeg Classic. They hosted the Nutmeg Classic last weekend at the People's United Center. And Matt, we got some hardware in the building last weekend for the Bobcats. They started off with a huge 4-2 win over number 10 Minnesota Duluth in the semifinals on Friday. Quinnipiac just likes beating number 10 teams. That's right. Lexi Agia had two goals in the game. Remember that name. While Renee Saltless and Sarah F. Kotu Godbu also had goals. They followed that win up with a 3-1 victory over Yale to win their 8th Nutmeg Classic in the 16th annual tournament. Kotu Godbu had another goal while Brooke Bonsteel had the other two. So the Bobcats picked up the championship in the Nutmeg Tournament, and for her efforts over the weekend, senior netminder Abby Ives earned the ECAC Hockey Goalie of the Week Award for the second week in a row. Against Minnesota Duluth in the opening game of the tournament, Ives made a career-high 42 saves. Hey, Dan, is that a lot of saves? That is a lot of saves, and she was fantastic. I was there to call the game. She was incredible. She has been the last couple of weeks. Uh, she stopped 76 of 79 total shots is that good, this Dan? weekend. That is extremely good. Sure. So Abby Ives is cooking with gas right now. She was also named the NCAA Women's Hockey Second Star of the Week. Is that also good? That is fantastic. Okay. So both at a league and national level, Ives getting recognized. The Bobcats are back in action for their final two games to end the semester this weekend. They play against Colgate on Friday at 6 p.m. and against the number four team in the nation, Cornell, 
Saturday at 3 p.m. And Matt, we have some details about the game that is coming up on Saturday because it's more than just a game against the number four team in the nation. It's the do it for Darren game. And this is a, a very special game because of the circumstances. And the teams are one of the only teams in the country that does a game like this that's dedicated uh, to Darren. So, Dan, do you want to tell the audience who Darren was? Absolutely. So, uh, DIFD is named after Darren Richardson, a 14 year old who uh, unfortunately committed suicide back in 2010. Uh, the DIFD organization promotes positive youth mental health and awareness uh, and looks to support those who suffer from the stigma of mental illness. So, the Bobcats women's hockey program has promoted mental health awareness uh, and raised funds for mental health initiatives on campus with the DIFD game every year. The team will be wearing purple tape, purple laces, jersey patches, and helmet stickers for DIFD. So if you're in the building or if you're watching the game on ESPN+, Plus, you'll be able to see that the Bobcats are representing this DIFD game multiple ways on their jerseys and on their equipment. The first 250 fans who come to the game will also receive a free purple t-shirt with a Quinnipiac and DIFD logo. The team also encourages fans to wear purple to the game, so I'm going to have to break out the purple tie for this game, but it is I have a, a purple shirt as well. If there you want to go. go combo, sure. I think we absolutely should match, and just to give a little bit of context, uh, Darren Richardson is the daughter of Luke Richardson, who is currently the assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens. He had a, a long NHL career, and she is the sister of Morgan Richardson, who was a defender for the Cornell Big Red team. She graduated in 2016. Uh, but there was a relationship. I remember talking to uh, Sydney Rusler, who used to play for the uh, Quinnipiac women's ice hockey Captain, team. There was yeah. a, a relationship between the two of them. So that's kind of how the tradition started for the Bobcats. So a very important game coming up on Saturday. But on today's episode, Matt, we have and, and I, like I yeah. mean it like it. There are no other teams in the country that does a game like this. So right. definitely something to look out for and watch. Uh, but today on the show, Matt, we have uh, sophomore forward Lexi Agia from this Quinnipiac women's ice hockey team. She has had a fantastic start to the season, 16 points in 17 games. She is the team's leading scorer as just a sophomore. So she's got a very bright future ahead of her. But, Matt, we talked to her a little bit about the beginning of her career, what it was like to grow up in, uh, or, uh, in Ontario, excuse me, playing hockey and some of the crazy experiences that she has had playing in the PWHL, playing with Team Canada. Just a, a really interesting story about how she ended up coming to Quinnipiac. Yeah, this is a really fun interview. We got a look inside of the women's ice hockey team. We talked about the dude for Darren game. We talked about her experience of playing hockey in Canada and the pressures of that and how she was recruited. Just a totally cool story. And not to mention this women's hockey team is 3-0-1 in their last four games, 4-1-1 in their last six, and they've just kind of made a habit of either tying or beating ranked teams or at least hanging close with those so great conversation with Lexi Agia and here's what she had to say we're back it's episode number 43 of the Quinnipiac Athletics podcast uh joined by sophomore Ford on the Quinnipiac women's hockey team Lexi Agia Lexi what's going on not too much just got off the ice of good practice and a big week coming up how, yeah, how was practice today? What did, uh, what did we work on? Lots of transition. I think both teams we're playing this weekend are great transition teams, so a lot of work on that this week. So you do five-on-five five or three-on-three? Three kind of uh, Five-on-five, three-on-three with shooters, some little back check, a little bit of everything. 
I've slowly learned hockey terms. Really, like, I've slowly learned <laughs> well, when the terminology. You, yeah. When you're when you're around me and you're you're around some of our roommates, you're you're kind of forced to. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and like this is a big hockey school as well. Yeah. So like if if you don't, let's kind of learn or die along the way. But right, and I've learned. I yeah. think I've adapted because if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> So, uh, so we're doing this live from the uh, from the lounge, the the women's hockey lounge, just after practice. Some of the the players are still here, so I kind of want to start, Matt, with some of your you had like team yeah, yeah. related questions. I have team related questions because we're we're going to talk about like your you know your journey to get to Quinnipiac and everything like that. Yeah. We we do that for everyone, but you know these are these are some of the ones maybe we could get people to chime in on. Yeah. So uh, the first one is when you have team meals, who is the best table manners? <laughs> Definitely not Zoe Boyd. Uh, I would say Kate Riley. She throws a thank you, uh, I'd say, probably every two seconds. So. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. And then the second one was locker room, either practice or game day, who's on Ox? Alexa Hoskin. Okay. So she's, got, she's got some good music. Wow. Yeah. So as, as a freshman, took over the Ox. Yes. She's pretty confident in her music. Me, yeah. over the Ox. On the men's side, that is not allowed, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like on the men's side, not allowed. You, you are, yeah, we, we've heard it's been Tufto, and then in the past it was Brogan Rafferty. You know, you really kind of had to earn your stripes there. But hey, if you, if you're, what, what kind of music does she work with? A little bit of everything. Some pump-up music, some old rock before the game. I, I think it gets everyone going. Yeah. Foreigner? Yep, kill. Yeah. yeah. Foreigner. What do we like? We like jukebox hero. That's what we like. Um, okay, you go on. <laughs> the other one is who's the loudest on the ice, like either chirping and or supporting? I'd say probably Taven. She's pretty loud, vocal, a little bit of chirps, and then also good cheering on her teammates. All right, that's good. Yeah. And then last one was line mate for you. Best line mate for you. I'd say House and I had a pretty good connection right off the bat, and we've, okay. we've played together. It's the second year in a row, so I think we've got a little connection, and, yeah, I definitely love playing with her. Oh, it was my rapid fire to start it off. <laughs> there you go. Um, to kind of continue continue on trend, so one of the new things this year, uh, if you haven't been to the People's United Center for a game yet, uh, the intro video that they have for you guys, and now, like announcing all like all the players in order by number, has little clips of you guys doing doing stuff on the ice. So, what what was the uh, the inspiration behind your your video clip that yeah. goes on the board? <laughs> Prater does the like. It's game day. Right. She yeah. does the the student thing. Yeah. With yeah the books Ka uh, Katie Huntington, who who's known known for the brains, has, yep. does like yep. the science experiment on the case. So what what was the thought behind yours? Um, <laughs> I think I just love photo shoots. So I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely love the camera. So a little runway walk to, yeah. I guess, lighten the mood a little bit for the game. I, I I think the the videos are hilarious. Uh, who Grace do you Markin think with the skeleton? Yeah. Who do yeah? Who do you yeah. think had the either the best or the most creative one? Honestly, I I love Marky's and Hunt's both little brainiacs there. Marky with the skeleton, then Hunt's with the little yeah. potion. I don't yeah. really know what's in there, but. <laughs> So, uh, Lexia, a, a long, long hockey career in Canada before coming to, to Quinnipiac two years ago. So, you know, I, I want to start off right at the beginning. When did you first get on the ice, start playing hockey? So I got on the ice. I think I started skating when I was three or four. And a good little story is my dad couldn't get me to skate unless he held Smarties at one of the lines for me. So I started at the goal line, and unless he had a pack of Smarties there, I wouldn't skate. So if I skated there, I'd open my mouth like a bird, and he'd just drop a Smartie through my cage. 
<laughs> so that's how I learned to skate. And I guess took off from there. <laughs> I think that may be what, what youth hockey across all of the, the U.S. and Canada is mixing, just a, or missing, just a, a little bit of a reward at the end. Yes, for doing exactly. That. So what's the, so, uh, so grew, grew up in St. Thomas, Ontario. Yep. So what's the, uh, what's the hockey culture like, not only in St. Thomas, but just Ottawa in general? So I think St. Thomas is a really small town and extending into London and that area. I think it's, it's, a, it's really building right now. So there's a lot more girls playing hockey. But for me, I think my biggest role model is my brother. So seeing him play and I played my first couple years with the boys and then transitioned to the girls. So I think it's just a community where the hockey community itself is growing a lot. So to be a part of that was really, really good growing up. Now, was there was there a big uh, a big outdoor rink culture in St. Thomas or, or was that not not quite as big? Not really. We have one outdoor rink just on the outside outskirts of my town, but I wish there was. I loved outdoor hockey. I think I did play a lot of pond hockey growing up with okay, my brother. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, that was a pretty big thing. And again, just a lot with the boys. And then yeah. as I got older, more with the girls. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like if you're if you're a hockey person, pond hockey like immediately follows. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you can't. If you play collegiate hockey, you got to love pond yeah, hockey. Yeah, especially with the cold the Canadian winters. you got a good frozen oh pond. <laughs> yeah, so so right now in St. Thomas, what's the what would be a weather forecast? Like, what are we looking at? Um, I'd say probably Wind negative. Chill, negative five. Negative, <laughs> I was going to say negative five degrees Celsius, maybe a foot of snow, a few snow days. <laughs> oh, Celsius. Yeah, yeah, we tried to we tried to do the conversion with Taven on the fly. It did not work, so we're not going to try. I, I think I could do it now. So negative five oh, would boy. be... Well, zero is freezing. Zero is 32 degrees for us. Right. So just go five below that. 27? Yeah, 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 yeah 27. <laughs> so uh, so what were, what were some of the uh, the stops along the way? You mentioned playing with the boys for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but what were some of the uh, the stops playing in Canada? I think transitioning to girls hockey. So I had a great team in London for a few years, and then I actually played up in juniors um, as a grade nine ninth grader as you guys would say here um so usually you don't play till uh, 11th grade so I got a little bit jump start on that played two years in London and then I made a transition to Oakville which was two hours from home so that was definitely a little bit of transition I went to boarding school a private school so I think for me I had an amazing coach in Oakville Brady Cocker and I learned a ton from her and then I got double hockey so I got hockey at my private school then hockey in Oakville as well so lots of development for sure there what, what were those first couple of years like in London because it, it mentioned specifically on your bio on the website that you were one of the youngest players in the league but still third in points in the 2015-16 season so that's that's very impressive but you know what were some of those lessons as, as such a young player jumping into that league I think just coming into it and uh, as a young player, just being confident. And uh, sometimes that's hard, but I guess I just had to believe in the ability I had. And having some older girls who were great leaders to help me all along the way definitely made a big impact. So I, I have a question, and it's more on the serious side, where was there any pressure when you were growing up playing hockey? Because I feel like sometimes in American sports with youth sports, there's just this pressure that can lead to like serious injuries with people at a young age. Did you find that? when you were playing and growing up? Yeah, I found when I made the the jump to play juniors early, there was a little bit of pressure in me coming up. I was the first player, I think, that had done that, at least in my community. Um, so there's a lot of eyes on me, I think. Okay. But I took that more as motivation rather than rather than a negative thing. Yeah. So uh, one of the, the more interesting things before coming into college was your time with the, the U18 national team. Yes. So. Uh, you know, first of all, what, what was the process like uh, for you making that team going through the trials? Like, take us through that. 
So the first year I had a little bit of adversity. I got cut the first year and definitely took a little bit of toll on me and took a little bit of time to get some confidence back, but that happens. And then the following year, um, the coach actually talked to me before the last cuts and said, all right, like it's between you and four other girls, like go show us what you can do this last game. So that's another big pressure moment okay. I'd say. And yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so I had to really prepare mentally for that last game and that last tryout. Um, and I ended up making the summer series team. So that was another great opportunity for me. And then a little more adversity. I didn't dress my first game in the summer series. So then again, I just took that as motivation and I came out the second and third game and played really well. And then I got the call that I made the winner team to play in Russia. So that was a big moment for me. And then from there, I uh, got to play on first line with Sarah Fillier and Maggie Connors, which was, which was awesome. Two at big names pretty in big college names. hockey mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which was awesome to play well, with them. three two, big names in college <laughs> hockey right yeah. now. Two, two awesome players. I learned a lot from them. We worked well together. So I think it was a little bit of a little bit of battle making the team, but I think it was a motivation, and it turned out really well, a really great experience. So you seem to do well under pressure and in pressure <laughs> moments. Does that also translate to the classroom for you? Like, are you big with tests and, like, you can nail <laughs> tests and, and lab reports? Um, I think it really depends on the class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tends but, to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but for the most part, for me, if if I know it's going to be a harder test, obviously I prepare more and it's a little more motivation. If the professor tells us, oh, like the average last semester was, let's say, seventy, that gives me a little more mo more motivation to study a little harder and get a good result. So Matt and I were talking about this in the the car ride over to the arena. The experience of playing a tournament in Russia. <laughs> In Russia, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, what were those couple <laughs> weeks like? Like for you, just I, I mean, between the travel and mm -hmm. just kind of observing everything going on, you know, take us through that. Yeah, so the there was a lot of preparation leading into the travel just because of the time change. So they actually would have us wake up at three, four in the morning, and we'd have bright lights that we had to sit in front of. So it's like uh, simulating sunlight that because that's the time it would be in Russia, just because that transition does take a toll on you. So getting ready for competition. Long plane ride, <laughs> really long plane ride. Uh, how many hours, roughly? Uh, I want to say nine-ish. Okay. Go, I would even go, where'd you leave from? We left from Calgary and then flew to Toronto. And then, so we had... Could be, could be even closer to 12. Yeah. yeah. Wow, still, long, either, either long. way, no matter what, yeah. Because we, we, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with two members of the, the, the women's volleyball team who played in... Or who are from Greece but played, you know, all around mm -hmm. Europe, and they're talking about 24, 25 hour bus rides that they're taking. Oh, so, crazy. so you love you, you love the flights, but yes. Yeah, so anyways, continue. Yeah, so definitely a long flight, and then the culture is different. <laughs> you smile at them, and they're kind of serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's just how they are. It's not that they're rude people or anything. It's yeah, just their yeah. culture. That's just how they are. Um, but yeah, their game. So we actually played Russia in the opening game. Crazy. There was. I want to say five, 6,000 fans there. Had to be. Wow. 7,999 that were Russian probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just like loud, like clappers, like crazy. But for me, it was a great experience. I've never played in, in front of a crowd that big. So to be a women's hockey player and to have an experience when I was 17, turning 18 like that with that many fans was crazy. And then we actually, we actually ended up playing them again uh, for the bronze medal game. So again, a, a crazy atmosphere. Because if you watch like the 60 minute segments when they go over to Russia and stuff like that, they're into it. Like mm -hmm. they're into the sports. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not even surprised that you said there were like 5,000 people at your game. Yeah. And then so we actually got to go to 
a lot of places in Russia and Moscow was actually really, really beautiful. Crazy, crazy culture. I, I was lucky my family uh, came down too. So I got to explore with them, which was awesome. A great family experience. But yeah, a different culture. And I think for me, just an amazing experience in, in general. So uh, teammates during this time with two uh, fellow future Bobcats. <laughs> Did you guys know that you, all three were, were coming to Quinnipiac at the time? So... Courtney and Logan, they were committed, oh, so make that four. I that's yes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that was awesome, especially leading into coming here. We got to kind of develop a bond before coming here, which is pretty cool. And then a lucky addition of Zoe on there. I think that was pretty awesome having four of us part of that team that end up coming here. Yeah. So uh, the the college the college experience and, and coming to college is always one of the most interesting parts that that we get to talk about. So you know, at what point did you start to look at schools and decide, okay, I, I think I'm I'm ready to continue my my career at the Division One level? So originally, I was actually looking at some schools for soccer, and I okay. <laughs> yeah, and then huh. so I made the jump to juniors for hockey, and that's kind of when I decided uh, that I was going to go the hockey route. Okay. And Quinnipiac was actually the first school that reached out to me. Cass is the first school that called me. So I was very beginning of my grade nine year. And I was just like, okay, give me a little bit to adjust here. And then, <laughs> right, right. And then we'll see how it goes. So, <laughs> um, so I actually was one of the first schools I, I visited at the end of my grade nine years when I started touring schools. And I wasn't sure what I wanted. You know, you hear some of the bigger schools like Minnesota, Wisconsin. I went down there. I visited Clarkson, which is a really small school. And then I came here, which is a little bit in the middle, a little bit on the smaller side, but not huge, not too tiny. And I think for me, just the culture here and the atmosphere, how close-knit everyone was, was a big deciding factor of, of my decision. So the, that word culture, uh, I feel like we hear it every time mm -hmm. that, that we talk to, uh, talk to somebody who's part of this program. What is the Quinnipiac women's hockey culture? So I think we go by pride, collaboration, and success. And then um, a big thing this year and last year is that we get better faster than, than any other team. And if you look at the beginning of our season this year, the beginning of our season last year to our outcome as we progress through the season, I think it's showing already. Like we had a, a little bit of a tough start to the season, but we just beat one of the top 10 teams. We tied another top 10 team. So I think that just shows that we do get better faster than any other team. And I, I kind of want to swing that into the nutmeg. You, mm -hmm. you guys were nutmeg champions yep. in, in, in a tournament that was hosted in your own barn. So what, what, what was that tournament like, those series of games? Because they're closer mm -hmm. to each other. And, you know, it, it, a tournament is different than just a regular yeah. season or a, a conference game. So how, how was that? How do you feel you guys played? Because you took care of Minnesota Duluth, a really, mm -hmm. really good program. I think it was actually playing off the weekend before. We had a really good weekend the weekend before against SLU. That was a big win. We scored a lot of goals. And then to come and tie Clarkson, who I think is fifth or sixth right now in, in all NCAA, we had a really good week last week coming off a high. We had a great week of practice. I think as a team, we needed that confidence. We needed that step based on the prior weekend. And then just coming to Minnesota Duluth, at Duluth and just not being afraid, knowing that we could attack them. Yeah, they're a top team, um, but we just had success against a top team. So I think we had a great week of practice. Everyone, I think was a big thing, was everyone practicing like it was a game. So every practice we came out, everyone was preparing like it was a game. And I think that led to our success on Friday and then uh, playing into Saturday as well. What's it like to be able to uh, lift a little bit of hardware earlier in the season? <laughs> Pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> One of hopefully uh, more championships this year, but I think again, just a great moment for our team and a great thing to build off of for the rest of the season. For sure, especially in to conference play because I've seen it my four years here. There's always like a two point difference between yep. each team coming down the stretch, so every game counts in this conference. Yeah, and if you look at our conference right now, there's like crazy things happening, like. 
Union, we took a we took a hard loss yeah. to Union. Um, we we lost one nothing to Cornell. Great game there, and then we come out, we tie Clarkson. So I think there's a lot of different things going on, and really any point matters. Like that one point against Clarkson can play a big role in where we end in the standings. Because <laughs> if you don't, if yeah. you don't think the other teams in the ECAC was like, oh, Quinnipiac just tied Clarkson. Oh like, yeah. yeah, like that is. Like you're you're wrong. Because yeah. Every team is watching every game. Start starting back with that that one nothing loss to Cornell, and then uh, overtime loss with an incredible comeback against Harvard. The tie against Clarkson, the win against Minnesota Duluth. The last month or so seems to be coming up all Bobcats. You talked about getting better quickly. Where do you guys think you have gotten better most? Um, I think just on our transition game. I think that's a, a big part, especially playing against quick teams like Cornell and Colgate coming up. Clarkson, they're also a big transition team. The quicker we can transition from offense to defense or vice versa, we get the puck in the other zone, catch some of these teams that are more offensive, maybe sleeping a little bit or getting back on the back check. I think that's where our game has really improved, and I think we see it making a really big difference. So would offensive breakouts fall into that category too of transitions? All right. Yeah, for sure. I, a big one just from a turnover and yeah. where do you go? How do you break out of the zone? How do we get more players up in the rush? All right. Easier than that. Makes sense. Um, so from, from a personal standpoint, it's been a, a heck of a start to the season. Last year, 18 points in 36 games. The top returning scorer this year, already seven goals, nine assists, 16 points in 17 games. Uh, Matt, uh, that is very good. Yeah, that is very good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so from a personal standpoint, freshman year until sophomore year, you know, what do you think that you've been able to kind of improve upon or, or where have you been able to grow in your game? I think last year was definitely a transition for me. A little bit homesick, a little bit of transition in terms of the speed of the game and just taking in everything I was learning. Um, I started last year playing wing, something I, I had to definitely transition to, but I wasn't ready to play center yet. Um, I needed to learn the D zone more. And so I think a big thing for me coming take it that I took from last year was just taking pride in the D zone more. And that's where it starts is from the D zone up. And then another big thing I'd say was focusing more on the process and the outcome. Last year, I would get down when I wasn't getting as many points or maybe even just when I wasn't performing as well as I could be. So this year I did, I've done a lot of mental skills work. Actually, I'm reading a good book right now called The Champion's Mind. Uh, Coach B actually has read it as well, and it's, it's helped me a lot in terms of just focusing more on the process. Like the, the outcome will come if you focus on the little things. So I for, think for me, just little things like getting shots, winning puck battles, and I think just wanting the puck in general, whether it's back checking harder, forward checking harder, or just taking pride in my D zone. That's awesome. Cause uh, so, how are you reading it? Hardcover or yeah, just you... just reading the book, just a, just a hardcover book. It's hard to find now. Yeah. That's hard to find now. So that's that's pretty good. Nice. Talking, continuing to talk about that growth. Who who are some of the some of the players, some of the people in this program that you were able to learn from the most coming in as a as a first year? I think some of our seniors last year we had an incredible leadership group. I think all of them. Um, were amazing leaders and amazing teammates. I think two people I really learned from were Randy Marcon and then Melissa Samuskevich. Just seeing the success uh, Samo had last year, it's weird calling her Melissa, that <laughs> 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 um, Samo had last year I think was really motivating and just seeing how hard she works in practice and as well as Randy and all the seniors and seeing how much they put in to each practice, their preparation, then each game treating it like it's their last game. And I think that's something they passed along was that it doesn't really hit you till senior season that – Every game is one of your last games. Like this, for our seniors uh, this weekend, it's their last games playing Cornell and Colgate in our home ranks. So I think for me, just trying to take that senior mentality and put it into every game now as a sophomore. What's, the, uh, what's been the value of having Samo back with the program in the volunteer coach position? I think it's pretty awesome. I think having her as a coaching standpoint as well, 
she's a great player and she's a great coach. She just gives us little tips in practice and is motivating. And then also her participating in some of the drills, just to see how hard she works and see someone who's had the success she has, it's motivating for everyone in practice. And I think it's definitely up the energy in practice. So talking about the uh, the Cornell Colgate series this weekend, uh, a big day coming up on Saturday, the annual Do It For Darren game. Uh, so so tell us a little bit about uh, what this game is and, and what it means to your entire program. So this game um, is a big game to raise awareness for mental health, and it's a very unique game to bring the community together and spread positivity and just to tell everyone that, you know, you're not alone and we stick together. And if you're ever going through something, like we're here and the community will come together to help you. Pretty good. And and we'll, it's, we'll, it, yeah. it's a special game because I, I think there is no other programs in college hockey that does something like this. Uh, every time these two teams come together, it, it is. It's always a nice moment where at the end of the game, you take that picture with both teams. And it's something that isn't done by any other programs across the country, which also adds to the special factor. Right, right. Yeah, and I just think that it shows that hockey is more than a game and it goes beyond the ice and two teams that are just playing a hard game against each other are able to come together after and spread awareness and support a great cause. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up, uh, moving along now with the 2019-20 the season, what are some of the expectations you have for yourself and then uh, what are some of the expectations that the team has for the group? I think for myself, um, just focusing on the process, I think I've had a lot of success with that so far this season. And rather than focusing on the outcome, I think focusing on the little things. And it's not all about points. It's just how I think I'm playing as, a, as an individual and then also as a teammate. I think our, our team has really great potential this year. I think we've seen it the past few weeks. And even at the beginning of the season, we've been great contenders against some of these top teams. So I think just com continuing to get better faster than other teams and preparing for every practice like it's a game will help us have a, a great end of the season. Should we ask the questions? Let's ask the questions. All yeah. right, we asked three questions to all of our guests. Same exact questions every time. These are the these are the thinkers, the real get to know oh. you questions. Uh, so the first one: If you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, because we know that's everybody's first pick, where would it be and why? Um, I'd say somewhere in British Columbia. So my family's a big ski family. So I grew up skiing, and I actually switched to snowboarding, and we took a lot of family trips out there when I was younger and my parents and brothers still go out a few times a year I think also it's just cool I see some of the atmospheres they have out there playing uh, like pond hockey with the mountains around you and I think that'd be pretty awesome <laughs> so, I've, heard, I've heard so many great things about about Vancouver but just like the kind of more of the rural areas too so yeah. escaping to a beach is out the window <laughs> you are cold you're cold yeah I like the beach as well but I think I think winter just growing up in Canada that's just yeah I, yeah, I get it yep. I get it yeah Matt's forever team hot over team yeah, cold. But. Te I always say it to them all the time. It's yeah. like Bahamas immediately. Yep. All the time. Well, see, you can always put on more layers, but you can only take Thank off you. so yes. many layers. Thank you. you. you <laughs> I say it every time. You could tell me that. Thank you. You could tell me that until you're blue in the face. People's body language and attitudes change when it's warmer. I'm just saying. Okay, that's true as well. I'm just A little saying. bit of sunlight. You want to throw on eight layers? Do it, man. But when I ask you, how's your day going? Your answers are going to be way better when it's warmer. That's just me, man. That's just me. All right. Living in a room without uh, without air conditioning, I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay. Anyway, second question. Um, if you could have dinner with one person, could be alive, deceased, whoever, one person, who would it be and why? Um, I think I'd choose Haley Wickenizer. Growing up as a female hockey player, I think that's a lot of people's answers. She was an incredible role model. And for me, when I was younger, just watching the Olympics when I was 10 years old, she was a, a key player along with her and uh, Poulain. 
and I think looking up she was she was both of them actually were um, two of my really big role models and just watching what they were able to do especially growing up playing with the boys for a little bit as well and yeah Matt, so who's, been, who's been moving higher on your list uh, for my yeah, because Justin Timberlake oh, yeah, was was, was right Jonas. on the top. It was Nick, Nick Jonas. Jonas. That's who it was. Climbing yeah. my list. Yeah. Hey, the Jonas Brothers are coming back. Oh, show of the year. Yeah, I, I saw them in. Uh, oh my God, I saw him in August. Show of the year. Had to have been. <laughs> Nick Jonas is climbing the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I also wanted yeah. to ask about how cool is it to watch women's hockey grow. It's awesome. I think yeah. also the thing that's going on right now with the PWHPA, um, it's a great movement for for women in hockey and just raising funds so that we can kind of get what we deserve and we, we've done a lot of development and just continue continuing to develop and get some sponsorship sponsor sponsorships yep <laughs> so we can continue to grow the women's game and so that younger female athletes like, like myself when i was younger can have more role models to look up to because you even watch the wnba grow mm-hmm. like if yep. women's hockey can get to that level and i think it can that would be something special all right, final question. Uh, you are on death row, hypothetically, for this one. Uh, what is your final meal, your dinner, your drink, and your dessert? And I will debate you for this for another probably 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so dinner, growing up, um, my grandma – do I get, like, an appetizer? Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. yeah. yeah. Full, so, we can go full three course. Because so my, if you ask mine, <laughs> mine's got an appetizer too. Yeah. <laughs> so my grandma, she makes this, like – awesome creation stew that's kind of like an appetizer yeah yeah so i'd say that is the appetizer and then lately i've had a really big thing for burgers like i could i could have a burger before you tell me what's on the burger what's in the stew so because you said croatian so is it yeah well she just has her own garden so she throws all her like veggies and stuff in there I think a little bit of salt. Um, is there a go it's without all, it, yeah. It's yeah, all is, just healthy. It's like... Is there a protein or no? There's oh, no yeah. Like beef or you get some it, chicken in there. Oh, it is chicken. Yeah, right. a little bit of chicken. Sometimes sometimes beef, she wants to switch it up. But usually usually some chicken, yeah. fresh, a lot of fresh vegetables. Ooh. Yeah, my brother was never a fan. Very, very picky. <laughs> very picky. <Yeah>. But <laughs> Actually, before you continue with the burger, where where's the last name of Gia from? Croatia. It is Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. Okay, and I and I have to ask this because as a broadcaster for this team, I had a bear of a time remembering Agia. What are some What are some of the pronunciations that you've heard for your last name over playing hockey? Like first grade <laughs> elementary school, we're going through attendance. What yeah. have you gotten? Ad Adzija. Adzia. Okay. Is there an X? Like, does someone pronounce the X? Like. It's yeah. a Z, all right, the Z. Does no, they do not pronounce the X. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way. Like the Z, like the like. I feel like if someone goes heavy on the Z, yeah. it's wrong. Yeah. No, there's a lot of silent letters in there. I have I've had a little bit of everything. Sometimes I just got Lexi, Lexi A. Yeah. We're not yeah. even gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi A. <laughs> that was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A D. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to. I can't remember for the life of me what I what I thought what it was the first Maggie? couple games. Adesia. Adesia. That may be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> lots of lots of silent letters in there. Yeah. I, I had to ask because it just it, yeah. it's always been so funny. And th- and then you hear other after after lear- learning more about the team, you hear other people coming in and being like, "Yeah, Lexi Ajita," and I'm yeah. like, "No, that's no. not yeah. it. No, that's, that's just not it." Because <laughs> they go they come in all confident, and you're like, "Dude." Yep, yep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but okay, so we we start with the the Croatian stew, but then you you've been on a burger kick recently, which yeah. is a great kick great to be pick. on. Unbelievable yes. pick. Yes. So what are we throwing on it? <sighs> so I had this burger. Have you guys gone to Prime 16? 
It's in uh, New Haven. So, yes, no. Prime Prime Sixteen. You have a, a great yeah, that's a food guy. Good spot. I haven't. Good spot. A great burger place. Yes. Great burger place. Um, I had some onions, mushrooms on there, pickles. Sauce? I don't know. I like to mix up the sauce. Sometimes okay. a little bit of I'm barbecue. A massive sauce guy. And if you're, yeah, you got to go barbecue. Yeah. If you're doing mushrooms. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I think that's my go-to. I, I have to have some dill pickles on there, I w- or I won't eat the burger. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Pick. Have yeah. to. Um, on that. I think cheese, mm, mozzarella cheese, maybe cheddar. Sometimes, you know, it depends on the mood. I do cheddar and provolone on mine. Oh, yep. there you go. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yep. Um, aside to my burger. So again, my grandma, she makes really good mashed potatoes. Okay. Yeah. So that or. Uh, a good I mashed potato it. remains undefeated. Just coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday, a yeah. good mashed potato. Oh, my God. I'm, or I'm, sweet potato fries. Sweet potato fries get me sometimes, too. So what we do at my Thanksgiving is you do sweet potato with pecans, oh. but, but you also include cinnamon with it. it, it it's it, that uh, out of this world. That's pretty good. That that and sweet potato fries, yeah, as long as, as, long as they're crispy. Yeah, 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 you really, you can't go wrong. Okay, all right. So we're, so we have the, we have the Croatian stew, we have the burger, we have the either the mashed potatoes or the sweet potato fries, or we're on death row, so it could be both. Yeah. Uh, drink and dessert. Drink Propel. Really? What flavor? Specific flavor? <laughs> what yeah. Flavor? yeah. What flavor? Um, this is a wild pick. So what flavor? <laughs> what flavor? I'd say. Berry or um, the strawberry lemonade. Okay, if you said grape, <laughs> I would have walked away. <laughs> I do, I do like grape oh. too. Yeah. Oh man, I would rather do the strawberry lemonade, the one you said, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Any any kind of berry. Berry is good. Okay. Uh, dessert. Ice cream. Any type. Any any type. Any type. Any type. Any Except, type. Actually, not a big chocolate girl. Moose tracks love. Do you guys know what moose yeah. is? Oh yeah, moose absolutely. Cool. Moose yeah, tracks in, love yeah. moose tracks. Yeah. I like vanilla, peanut butter, Reese's, anything like yep, that. Yep. Yep. Vanilla base with some stuff. Okay. In there yeah. For sure. Sure. So not like the chocolate yeah. flavor, but there can be chocolate. Oh, there all, can be chocolate in there. Just, yeah, yeah. Just the vanilla it has base. to be vanilla base. Um, and then yeah, peanut butter, fudge swirl, pretzels. Yeah. Like yeah, anything. Anything. Like that, yeah. Anything. Throw it in there. Not bad. I'm hungry. Matt, are you hungry? <laughs> yeah, I'm starving. <laughs> Matt McCall for this granola granola bar lunch. Yeah, we're gonna go fix that. Granola bar lunch yeah. was the worst yep. decision. We're now ever. on a we're now on a, a two podcast cold streak. Uh, nobody's picked cheesecake the last two podcasts. Oh, so. cheesecake is good. Too. Cheesecake ice cream. Lexi, Have you ever had that, Lexi? We had no, four. but I might need. Oh God, now Lexi, I might we had four guests in a row say cheesecake. It really? was. It was. I was living it my was best more life because cheesecake is the, the correct answer. Streak. It was. <laughs> I could not believe how many people said that dessert. Well, I would um, do like lava cake, cookies, anything oh, like cheesecake. Really? Yeah. Well, you just really? you're you're on a bit. You're a big chocolate guy. Like that's what uh, I've learned from these answers. Yeah, you're you, like yeah. any like the like the lava cake, the chocolate. Like they all have chocolate mixed in somewhere. A skillet cookie all day. Yeah. All day. That's a good choice too. You really can't go wrong. No. Like, either way, with the dessert. And then, part. how do you like your burger? Medium. Medium. Yeah. 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 Me too. Not not too red. <laughs> not just like, perfect medium. Yeah, because sometimes, like if I'm not, like if I'm not at like a, like Michael Jordan Steakhouse, saying yeah. medium rare is like, like maybe they'll get it right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd rather, I personally would rather a little bit more done than 
not okay. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm on your I'm on your side with that. Yeah, like it, it's not going to be too tough if you say like a medium or even medium well. But if you yeah. go, if it's less, yeah, whoa. sometimes you can be a little rocky. You, you, you gotta have you gotta <laughs> have the taste for that. Yeah. Well, Lexi, uh, big weekend coming up here to close out the first semester against Cornell Colgate. Best of luck moving forward. Thank, Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much to Lexi Agia for joining us here in episode number 43 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. And before we go, I checked the I did a little bit of research about something that she said. So right at the beginning of the interview, she said that her dad would hold Smarties in front of her. Yeah, the to, candy. to make yeah. her to make her escape. So in Canada. Smarties are actually can are they're very similar looking candies, but they have chocolate in the middle. Okay, so now am I getting like that sweet, like sugary coating with chocolate in the middle, or is it? I think it's. I think that maybe what it is. It's like a candy coating. It was described to me as almost like an M and M. Okay, yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah. I'm in on that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was, I was given a picture, and I, this is going to be terrible podcasting, but I'm going to find it that I was sent yesterday because they <laughs> look, they look exactly the same. So I, I think that technically oh, yeah. in Canada they're oh, called yeah, yeah, rockets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean now. Yeah, they're, they are literally colored pellets of chocolate. Yeah, exactly. So if you've seen Smarties in the United States, they look exactly like Smarties. They're in the same packaging as Smarties, but they have chocolate in the middle. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was what she was talking about. I, I thought it was super funny to to find out that there was a little bit of a difference there. But anyways, <laughs> uh, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Go online to gobobcats.com. That is where you can get literally everything you'll need from the Quinnipiac Athletics Department. You can get your scores, your rosters, your tickets, your merch. You can find us at the bottom of the page. Everything you need is on GoBobcats.com. And if you want to follow this team on all platforms of social media, it is at QU underscore W-I-H. And if you want to follow Quinnipiac Athletics to get updates on all 21 of our sports, it is at QU Athletics. And finally, before we go, make sure you toss us a subscription, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Let us know how we're doing, what you want to hear on this podcast, what you want to see on some of the video podcasts. It helps us grow that yeah, way. If we're doing good, like, let us know. Exactly. Yeah. We, we like a little yeah, confidence yeah, it's, boost. Yeah, not bad. Not yeah, bad. Yeah, and people can reach out personally to you, Matt McAuliffe, if they want to give you a confidence boost and tell you how well you're doing. How can they do that? <laughs> Adam McAuliffe 7. <laughs> and I'm at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.